With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People for how y'all lead us in worship. So good morning, Cherokee. Thank you, Elijah. Appreciate that, brother. So if you will uh, turn with me to First um, Peter, that's where we'll be this morning. I had to sort things here. So it is my pleasure to be with you this morning and have an opportunity to do this uh, as part of our uh, training, as Pastor Kevin had noted. Uh, we're going to be continuing our study in First Peter, uh, chapter four, one through six. If you have your notes from your bulletin, I ask you to take that out. And um, as it is uh, uh, typical, traditional here at Cherokee, this will be aid you is. Uh, you walk through this throughout the week in your studies, so the Lord may mark you with these scriptures and how they apply to your life and walk. So if you would, uh, please read with me First Peter 4, uh, 1 through 6. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of their time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when they do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Pray with me. Our gracious Heavenly Fathers, we take time this morning to uh, open your word and begin to depart from it what you uh, are showing us um, through your word and how it applies to our lives and this uh, culture, this time, and how it applied during that time, during the culture it was uh, written in, and uh, you spoke it through and, and to. And Father, we pray that we'll be able to see that. Uh, Father, it will mark our lives as we study it this week, as we hear it today. Father, I pray that uh, you'll hide me behind the cross, hide me behind you, and uh, you speak the words you want to speak this morning uh, through the preparation you've given me uh, throughout the time coming to today. Uh, Father, you'll gain glory in this time. Uh, we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Uh, those who may not know, I uh, started teaching at Cherokee about seven years ago. Pastor Kevin mentioned that uh, a while back. Uh, it was really ugly initially. Uh, it really did not start the best. Uh, it was not something I've been used to. I'd done very much. Um, so even today, in, uh, in light of this, this is my first time preaching uh, but in that, the class was very gracious to the time. It let me grow through that. Uh, obviously, the Lord saw a call there and uh, began to work in my life. I've seen 
the Lord has brought some great fruit through that time. Uh, this is my time preparing for the Word and obviously the class's time and participating uh, in that discussion and teaching uh, time. So as you follow this time, uh, I'm confident the Lord will be faithful to grow me in this time of sharing with you today and, and also uh, will share with you what He intends. Uh, we've been walking through First Peter for the past few months. As we begin uh, this particular study, uh, and the way I begin any study, uh, I'm going to answer a few questions for myself. Um, I, for some reason, I guess it's the engineer in me, I, I, have, I have to answer some questions to prepare a mind in what we're going to read and study. So a few questions that I ask is, uh, is to revisit, why am I reading this? Why am I reading this set of scripture? What, what, what is um, leading me to do that? Uh, why are, or where are we? When are we? Uh, who is the writer? Uh, who is the writer talking to? Uh, for me, if I can't see the why, uh, then it just doesn't stick, and I don't tend to apply what I'm reading or studying. So we'll spend a little time uh, there today. So why am I reading this? Uh, when I've done a daily reading plan, I've always struggled with remembering what I've read. Uh, my mind doesn't work that way just to read it and be able to, re- be able to attain that, retain that. Uh, so this, always, this question always helps me remember uh, this time to study God's Word and let it be a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. That's Psalms 119, 105. So where are we today in First Peter and what we're discussing? Uh, what, is the, the, what is the location, the person, the culture of the Scripture passage we're reviewing? We've talked about this a while, but I do this in a class a lot. I like to refocus, okay, where are we? What are we talking about? We've had a week away from this. I know for me, I'll, I'll tend to forget. So where are we? For this book, uh, in the set of Scripture, we're in the northern provinces of what's current-day Turkey. Uh, these are churches of the exiles from Jerusalem, the dispersion it's calling them. These are believing Jews and Gentiles in a culture of unbelieving Gentiles, uh, in a culture known for paganism and unbelief, kind of doing what is pleasing in their own eyes. So when are we? Uh, this book was written about 67, 68 AD. Uh, the king is Nero, and he was, a ravaging, he was ravaging the Christians and others during this time, uh, killing any of those who that oppose him. Uh, it was a very hostile time in Rome, and they had had peace prior to this. Uh, this is a hostile time in Rome. Uh, Rome was rebuilding after a great fire, and there was some instability in the air of the government. Uh, Nero blamed that great fire on the Christians. And it was during his reign that Paul and Peter were killed. So who is the writer? Uh, it's clear in verse 1 that the writer is Peter. He names himself. Uh, he has spent some time intimate with Jesus. As one of his beloved followers. Uh, so who is the writer talking to? Uh, it's clear in verse 1 there. The letter was written uh, at one time to those who are exiles. Elect exiles of dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So in verse 1. So this brings us to where we are now. Uh, we are continuing this theme of Peter. Uh, Peter's been addressing the past few weeks. Uh, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, prepare your minds for action. Uh, verse one fifteen: be holy as God is holy. So what does that mean and how does that begin to apply? And Peter wants to show us uh, that over the last time we've been spending uh, to, to how to do that. Uh, Peter's been showing us how and why to prepare our minds to be holy. So what are these characteristics? Um, you who are saved, you're part of the elect, what we should be like. Uh, you're set apart. You're holy, as uh, chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 show. You should long for spiritual milk. It should be who you are, as chapter 2, verse 2. 
submit to the God-ordained institutions. Uh, we spent a long time with that. Chapter 2, verse 13 through 3-7. That's the government, business, marriage, uh, marriage and family, and church. Uh, 3-8 says, be, uh, have a unity of minds. So all Christian believers should have a unity of mind. Uh, we should be zealous for what is good. Chapter 3, 13. Christ also suffered to bring us to God. That's what we've been talking about recently. Uh, chapter 3, verse 18. So we get to where we are now in chapter 4. So since all of this, so all of these things that we've been going through, uh, since therefore, since all of this, those who are in Christ should be military ready. We'll get into our subject today. So military ready. Why would you ask that um, and um, begin to describe where I saw this as being military ready? So many of us struggle with a purpose in life. It is a significant place in American uh, culture. We all want to know what our purpose is. Uh, American culture strives for a purpose. Uh, as you can tell from the beginning of this, uh, I have to have a purpose even to why I read or being clear. I'm explaining the topic. Uh, I guess that partic- uh, partially is due to my engineering training that I've received uh, because I wasn't always like this. I didn't care necessarily a lot about how things worked or um, why I'm doing something. I just did it, right? As a kid, for sure, I just did things uh, as I wanted to do them. The older I've gotten and the more training I've received, uh, I definitely want to know the why behind why I believe it, why I want to read it, and why I want to do it. Um, so when Americans were polled, 72% have a purpose in life. It gives them happiness to move, uh, move on in life. Uh, Much of that happiness, per the study, was earthly or physical items. Uh, This is a much higher percentage uh, than you would see in other statistics for other countries, especially other wealthy countries. America is known as one of the wealthiest countries, and it's not typical for wealthy countries to have good purpose. They're already wealthy. They don't have to have have a purpose. Um, So it's shown uh, in any culture, having a purpose in your life will make you live longer. Well, we know that's not the answer because life can end at any time. You may lose what you're pursuing to gain is happiness. We see that in American culture a lot. Uh, our, our happiness is in our kids pursuing that. Our happiness is in our job pursuing that. And we lose one of those things, and we don't know what our purpose really is. So getting a right perspective on purpose is important. You may gain what you're pursuing, but then what? We see that a lot of with professional athletes. Uh, they get to that time where they've, they've gained what they can gain, and it's over. Then what do they do with their life? What is really their purpose from there? Um, so there's a void in us that's looking for a purpose. Uh, over 500 times in the Bible, it defines or asks, what's the purpose? Why are you doing this? What's the reason why I tell you to do this? So it is an important item for Christians to grasp what the word is calling us to do. This passage gives some insight to this void and how to properly fill it. It, ser- it starts in verse 1, since Christ suffered. So, since Christ suffered. As we have already pointed out, the previous sections are directly tied to this set of scriptures. Peter ties them together with since therefore in verse 1. See that, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. So what is it there for? We've, we've mentioned that a lot here, right? Since it's therefore, there's a purpose why since therefore is there. It's pointing directly to directly back to the verses in uh, chapter 3, 8 through 22. It's a section of scripture we've been walking through here recently. 
We must recognize that without Christ's suffering, example, and conquering, we would have no possibility of eternal victory. It is important to note that Christ did suffer in the flesh as we could or would do. The writer of Hebrews states in chapter 2, verse 18, For because he has suffered when tempted, he is also able to help those who are being tempted. Also in uh, chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without any sin. Suffering is a form of temptation, temptation that requires a response. How we respond defines what's in our heart. Matthew 12, 34, and 15, 18 speak to that. So to be military ready, we not only must recognize Christ's suffering, or that he did suffer, but we should be armed and ready. So we see how this ties together with the continuation of verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Let us first look at being armed. What is it to be armed? Uh, Peter is calling us to arm our thinking like Christ's thinking. It's not a physical weapon. It's not a gun that you can put your hands on and, and aim at a target. It's at a physical fight. There's something more there. It's about the thinking. However, it does not lead us to cease. It does lead us to cease from sin. So it is used in, to battle desires and temptations to sin. How does this term arm help us to understand how we get to Christ's way of thinking? And I see this as how the military would. So first, you start from the basics, as they would in basic training. Right? That's why I call it basic training when you first go in to military training. The start of any military training is breaking down the selfish desires to who is really in control and whether you're willing to submit to it. If you don't submit the way you're told, then you're punished. That's the way the military would do it. You don't have a drill sergeant, drill sergeant in your Christian walk. You don't have somebody there all the time. Us parents are that way with our kids sometimes. You don't always have a, uh, a drill sergeant pointing down and telling you the right and the wrong. But you do have the scriptures and the Holy Spirit that speak specifically to what the standard of living is. This is an amazing dynamic. Christ doesn't want to make you do the Christian walk as they do in the military, but looks for you to want to do it. So you've got to have the why to know the want. If you don't want it, then you'll turn away. If you do want it, then you'll remain steadfast and persevere. So step two, if you persevere, remain, you'll put the basics into action. Begin to submit and obey to the commands of Scripture. This will take faith in many ways. Don't back down to the fear of others, but walk in a way that's manner, work in a manner, that's, uh, sorry, walk in a way in a manner that's worthy of Christ. Uh, step three, continue in this training and you will begin to cease from sin because your eyes are on the sergeant, Christ Jesus, with the scriptures continually pointing us to him. This is easily noted in scriptures about how we should train our kids. Same idea. So Deuteronomy 6, 7, you shall teach them to diligently, you shall teach them diligently to, to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen: You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up your child in a way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Should we not apply this to our own Christian lives? So to be aimed and ready. This will lead us to think purposefully. So as, as so this so is this about what Christ was thinking? Is this just a mental thinking? Uh, yes, partially his thinking, but mainly his purpose. What purpose Christ was after? The Greek word used here is anoia, the intent, will, or act of thinking. So it's the why he was thinking the way he was thinking. His purpose or will. We see many times the Lord only does what the Father tells him or commands him. See that in John five nineteen and 30, John eight twenty six, John 12, 49 through 50, and John 14, 24 and 31. Or he admits that's what he's doing. He understands clearly his purpose, and it's all about his purpose. Or he is all about his purpose. Is this why we struggle with our purpose, especially as Christians? Would you say Peter understood his purpose while being taught by Christ? I would say no. Uh, Christ reprimanded him a number of times and even called him Satan in Matthew sixteen twenty three. Get behind me, Satan. I see this really simply. Having the same purpose of Jesus as doing what the word, our sergeant, says and have faith that the Holy Spirit will see it through. This doesn't mean you can relax, but as a soldier, you're in pursuit of the goal. Get ready for war. This is why we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling of God. Fear and trembling of God, reverent fear. It's Philippians 2.12. So being armed and ready while thinking purposefully in light of Christ's suffering, you're not sinfully focused. This, is, this form of surrender to the word with focus on the purpose of sanctification keeps us from sinning doesn't mean we won't sin anymore, but you're no longer driven by sin's desires. You're in pursuit of pleasing Christ, the King. No more after your own things, but uh, no more shall we live in the flesh, as it talks about in verse 2. So as, we, so as to live the rest of our time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. So no longer live in the flesh, no more. Peter continues to encourage the surrender to Christ's purpose. In verse 2, don't live the rest of your time, the time remaining in the body after salvation or from this point in time. Don't live this time as to please the flesh or to please your selfish desires. Romans thirteen fourteen is the same type of thinking and purpose. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul in chapter 13 is addressing the same things Peter is addressing. We're to be righteous. 
not for the world's sake, but for Christ's sake. Cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light. It's Romans 13, 12. So this is not to live for human passions, but for the will of God. The Christian's largest desire is to understand the will of God. What's that purpose that God would have for me? John Piper notes there are two wills of God. We see his sovereign will, which are attributes and things that we would never attain. But we do see his will of command. So in his will of command, we see at Christ's uh, state, he only does what the Father has commanded, John fourteen thirty one. This says he does exactly what the Father commands of him. It's just that simple. Pursuit of Christ and only to please him and no one else. So what pleases him? Christ Jesus. Obedience to what he says to do. Why be fearful or why be fearful of it or the outcome? Can you say that for your life? John points out, it's John Piper, John points out three steps uh, to this apply in our lives for this purpose. Live for the will of God. So first, we're to renew our mind. Seems to tie into this military way of thinking. Renew our mind. Learn what the commands are and what you should be doing or not doing. Application of these biblical truths. When you learn them, apply them. Don't wait or be fearful. So when you do these things, so the third step after applying, renewing your mind, applying these bills, choose when you do these things, there becomes no conscious reflection before you act. So this is a byproduct of the first two steps. It just happens. We don't have to think about it before we act. We are trained or armed in the ways of the Lord, in the will of the Lord. This is the cease from sin. We get to the point where we mostly, rather than rarely, Respond in the proper way. Peter calls us to no more live in the flesh. Verse 3, he continues this theme with, For the time that has passed suffices, or it is enough. I uh, don't know if your parents ever did, but my mom would, stop, would say, Stop it, uh, to my sister and I a lot when we were uh, doing things we weren't supposed to do. That was the first thing that came to mind when I read this section of Scripture. Uh, mainly for my sister and I, it was when we were fighting or arguing with one another. Uh, would you see this come out in many different emotional styles? Uh, frustrated, stop it! Uh, soft and gentle, y'all stop it now. A good parent. And then the, the ever-threatening, stop it before I have to stop it. And then you know it's bad. Or they'll call you by your first, middle, and last name, right? That would always be the bad state. I see Peter doing the same thing here in verse 3. He knows these people. He is speaking to them in an intimate way. Verse 3, for the time has passed, that has passed suffices. It's enough. Stop it. He's talking to the church here, and obviously the church was after things the Gentile culture around them were after. The eyes, their eyes, were not focused on the purpose and will of God. So stop it. These things are still what we see today in our culture and sadly in our churches. Pursuit of our, pursuit of our lusts, which are the same in many ways as Peter lists here. Sensuality and passions. 
uh, drinking and drinking parties. Alcohol is such a sensitive subject in our churches today. Many do not want to give up drinking. They do not want to say, they want to say the Bible says they can drink. My question is more, why do you need alcohol when it could possibly keep you from what Peter is calling, ceasing from sin? Not after the things of this world, but after the will of God. God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit ever never commands us to drink. Orgies and lawless idolatry, things contrary to the law, idolatry, image worship, letting loose, rioting, all of these things are what Peter's addressing is going on in the culture that the church is falling into. So let's focus on what we should do rather than what we can't or shouldn't do. The do-nots will fall in line when we do what we should and stay focused on Christ in those things. Peter relates this to the culture therein and so applies to our culture as well. In verse 4, stating, you'll see surprised reactions. Let's read verse 4. We respected these to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. So you'll get surprised reactions. So if we have this godly purpose and will, then you shouldn't be surprised at the reactions you receive. The world, as is noted for the Gentiles here, are surprised when you say, I don't drink. Most people I'm around are surprised by that answer. The world will be surprised if you're not interested in the things that they are. As in verse 315, or chapter 3, verse 15, be prepared to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. And in verse, or chapter 3, verse 16, right after that, we see the same result of being um, a person that wants to give a defense, that some people are asking to give a defense. The same result, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, which is the same as in 4.4. They will be surprised you don't join them. They will malign you, speak evil of you. I hope you're not like me, but when someone speaks evil of me, I want to respond with evil back. The Lord has worked on me with this, and I've been, I've, I'm being, sorry, I'm beginning to understand what Peter is addressing next. Account will be given, and it's not mine to give. So account will be given. So when we're maligned and or questioned, our flesh wants to respond in a proud and selfish way especially mine. So back to the first section, we need to be military ready. We need to be armed with a mind and purpose so our eyes aren't moved from the target, pleasing Christ. Because of someone's attack, we can respond per 315 and 16 with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. Because that's what the Lord and Savior asks of us. In this obedience, in living this way, we give the outcome of judgment to Christ, which will come at the exactly perfect time with the exactly perfect outcome, unlike the way I'm going to respond. God will judge all the now living and those dead 
ones that have just died, died since Christ came, and those that have lived or have died in the ages past. No one passes by his judgment. God is the judge of all, Hebrews twelve twenty three. You may say, how do some get judged when they haven't heard the gospel? The gospel has been preached, as shown in verse 6. The gospel has been preached. The Greek for this uh, portion, the first portion of Scripture in verse 6, read that. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. So the Greek in the first portion of Scripture is rendered here in a way that would make you think the gospel is preached to those that are physically dead. This is after Christ's death. When by the Greek, it is past tense, has been preached. They've heard or seen the gospel in the past. Romans 1, 18 through 25 walks us through this as well. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppresses the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up and the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this is the reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another, men committing shameless acts with men in receiving themselves the due penalty of, for their error. And so they do not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to their debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are all full of envy murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only know they not not only do them give approval to those who practice them. This we, see, this we should see to have reverent fear of our Lord. He is loving, gracious, and just. No one is out of the reach for the time of judgment. 
There is a time when we will all be before him. And as a Christian, we should look forward to the time and plan the remainder of our time here for the time we will be with him. By this, we should live the I'm sorry, by this we should live in the Spirit as God does. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But for those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. They arm their way of thinking on, things, on the things Christ does. They've got their crosshairs. They've got the crosshairs focused on what is commanded in Scripture. And are in pursuit to accomplish the goal only as to please the Lord and not themselves. So in closing, there are many distractions in our American culture. Our time on earth is a battle. So we must prepare to fight. As a trainee in military, we submit each day, hour, and second to understand the purpose and will of God through Christ and his word, no more to pursue what the Gentiles do, but think purposefully, not in light to be the best, but to please our loving and righteous Abba Father. Let me pray as we close. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are uh, just great. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.